Sunday morning. Time for some jazz. This is uh, part 24, Songs and Stories, Supplemental Jazz Edition. I hope you'll enjoy today's program. I've got five artists put together with five songs, of course. One song per artist, as per the usual. It's uh, a rather chilly day here in the nation's capital of Ottawa, Canada. It's a breezy minus 29. I've got my uh, hot coffee on tap. A fresh cup is in my mug. And I'm ready to play you some music. Join me, won't you? Let's have some fun. Let's start things off with uh, Rafael Roca, a Brazilian trombonist who is... uh, Well, he's a a spectacular uh, musician, arranger, composer, producer. And from the... um, interview reviews I've uh, read on his website. A real swell guy, although doubtful he'd put anything on his own website that said otherwise, but I don't doubt that he's a a wonderful individual to work with. So this was released um, this past Friday, January 22nd, 2021. This is, uh, and I hope I pronounced this correctly because I, I don't speak Portuguese, It's uh, Tema Pro Roberto. Thank you. 
that for some magnificent playing. I'm a, I'm a convert for sure. So Raphael was born into a musical family. His father is a uh, very famous conductor in Brazil. Of course, Raphael studied at, um, studied, well, he graduated in trombone uh, by Thames, which is the faculty of music of Espirito Santo. He also a uh, postgraduate from the music education of CSAP. It's the Center for Advanced Studies in Graduate Studies and Research. That's the English translation, of course. I'm, I'm certain that in Portuguese it's slightly different than that. Well, I have to go right off his website from this because it's difficult to find a lot of English information. Although he is at the forefront of Brazilian jazz, he has worked with, quite literally, the who's who of the Brazilian jazz world. And I expect big things from him in the near future. With the release of his latest album, simply titled Rafael Roca, I'm hoping to hear a lot more from him. I've had the opportunity to listen to the entire album via Spotify, as it was, like I said, only released this past Friday. It's quite spectacular. This, of course, being my favorite cut from the record, which is why I chose to play it for you today. He does play around the world at multiple jazz festivals, so you never know if uh, we can finally defeat COVID and put it behind us. The Roaring Twenties can begin with some wonderful international jazz. Perhaps the Ottawa Jazz Fest can get him to play here. Time will tell. Time will tell. Okay, so changing it up just a little bit, uh, we're going to go to the United Kingdom now, play a, a group of, um, well, uh, their name is unique to begin with, Ill Considered, which I think is kind of a unique name. Uh, the artistry uh, for, for each one of their albums, as in the cover art, I should say, uh, somewhat reminiscent of King Crimson and sort of paying homage to the classic jazz albums of the 50s and 60s with unique uh, cover art. Ill-Considered 5 and Ill-Considered 6 combined to create a a full gatefold-type image, but you need each one to get the complete image as they are halved. This particular track is from the album uh, Ill-Considered 5, released in October of 2019. And, uh, sorry, January of 2019, my apologies. Um, this, this particular track is, well, um, I'll let you draw your own conclusions. I, um, I find it very soothing, but that's me. Perhaps you'll find it differently than I do. This is Observant from Ill-Considered Five.
Considered from their album Ill Considered Five. Brilliant group of musicians. Basically consisting of three individuals, uh, adding a fourth for that particular record. Uh, Idris Rahman, saxophone and bass clarinet. Leon, now, I may pronounce this incorrectly, so I'll try the two ways I think it may be. Brichard or Pritchard? I don't know. Leon Brichard, electric bass and upright bass. This name I'm definitely going to mistakenly mispronounce because I, I've never heard it. I've only ever read it. Amri Ramazangulu. I know I've pronounced that incorrectly. Drummer and Nord drums. And Satin Sing percussion. Amre was added in for this particular session as usually it's just the trio. Artwork on the album cover is by Vincent de Boer. Interesting band. Largely what they create is mostly simply guided. They have a few sketches of a tune and then they sit down and just begin to play. It's mostly um, created right there on the spot, which I think is kind of magnificent. Again, a loose guide and just play along until they decide to play out. So they have a total of nine albums and uh, I expect their output to increase over the next little while as back in lockdown in the UK. They've been together for about five years now, from what I can tell. Sometimes, like I said, it's hard to find information on a lot of artists. I do the best uh, digging that I can, but I don't always come up with all the correct information. You'll have to forgive me for that. Sometimes it's just the way it is. So sticking with the United Kingdom, um, I want to go and play you a song by a band that, um, well, it, it's a, a couple, actually. Oh, you know what? I've got that out of order. My apologies. My apologies. Um, instead, I'm going to play um, a, a, a selection from a gentleman by the name of Tom Oren. I'll play the couple afterwards. Sometimes I have my playlist out of order, and, and I apologize for that. I'm, I'm prone to make mistakes from time to time, and I just did that. <laughs> I was slightly getting ahead of myself. So this young man, and I say young man because he was born in 1994, uh, I've played uh, selections from him in the past. Uh, Israeli jazz pianist and winner of the 2018 Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz Award at the International Piano Competition. He was born in Tel Aviv, and uh, he graduated from the Israeli Conservatory of Music in Tel Aviv with honors. So he's uh, quite quite the uh, accomplished individual. He's also gone on to study at uh, the Berkeley College of Music in Boston, with a uh, where he was awarded a four-year scholarship studying. He st- he started his studies in in 2012. So. This particular track is from, uh, what's the name of the title? Uh, the record is called Dorley's Song, D-O-R-L-Y, Dorley's Song. And it was released in 2018. And this particular track is titled, The Night I Heard, The Magnificent Tom Oren.
Tom Warren, Dorley's song. Now, that particular album has, uh, well, it, it's unique in that it was written by his mother. She is a composer and educator, Dorley Orenchezon. And, uh, yeah, he dedicated the album to her because why not? She wrote it, right? <laughs> I think that's pretty incredible. Uh, obviously, he has a strong musical heritage background. My goodness gracious. Educator and composer. Of course, I don't know what her field of study is um, as an educator, but I'm going to assume possibly music, maybe even mathematics, as uh, music is math, as one should know. It's all about timing, right? The magnificent Tom Warren. Rather Brubeckian on that particular cut. Yes, I, I just made up a word using Dave Brubeck, the late, great Dave Brubeck, as he sounds very much like him on that particular track. Matter of fact, if you listen to the entire record, you can hear the influence of Dave Brubeck, which I think is somewhat ironic, considering that he won the Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz International Piano Competition. I did make a mistake a little bit earlier. This uh, album was not released in 2018. On the contrary, it was released in December of 2020. I sometimes mix up my dates as, you know, I have my notes on the screen and my eyes dart about. You have to understand, this program is recorded in real time. So with the exception of a cough, a knock at the door, or a siren, everything you hear is being recorded as it happens. Look, I'm not a professional broadcaster by any stretch of the imagination. This is not my occupation. This is uh, a hobby that I happen to love to do, so I enjoy spreading the uh, word of jazz to the world, as the world is willing to listen, of course. Although, if you really are willing to hire me to do some voiceover work, I'm more than happy to do this as a side hustle. My main occupation is one that I enjoy very much, and pays me enough to live a decent quality of life. I mean, certainly we could all use some more money, right? But I'd be willing to do some uh, recording for you if you needed me to. Okay, enough about me. Let's get back to the music. So I made, uh, I made the uh, out-of-sequence mistake, as I sometimes do. Uh, the next artist is um, a husband and wife team. Now, uh, they're unique in that they're incredibly accomplished musicians. But here's what makes them truly unique. The husband is Dave O'Higgins, the wife is Judith O'Higgins. Now, Judith is a um, saxophonist and author. Oh, yeah, she also happens to be a forensic pathologist. You know, a classic underachiever. That's sarcasm, in case you didn't pick up on that. Originally from Hilden, Germany, she studied medicine and music education in Munster, finished her university uh, in Hamburg, and uh, became a forensic pathologist. Now she lives in London with her husband, Dave O'Higgins, and uh, has written her own autobiography. Well, that would make sense, because nobody else would write your autobiography. It's The, the term itself means written by you. You know what I'm trying to say, right? I hope you do. Um, she is undoubtedly the best forensic pathologist jazz saxophonist living in London. I think that's quite hilarious. Now, her husband, Dave, he, uh, he's a, also an accomplished musician. He's, uh, he was born in 1964. He's a, around the same age as Judith. I think there's a couple of years between them, but not by much. Um, he is just a sax player. That is it. He is uh, not a forensic pathologist or a scientist by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> and I don't mean to put the man down. I'm not doing that at all. But uh, let's be honest. He's not nearly as accomplished as his wife. And look at that. He's not the least bit threatened by it. Isn't that magnificent? Magnificent? My goodness gracious. He has uh, released about 20 albums as a band leader 
uh, Judith, um, well, I, I, it's harder to, she has her own webpage, and I'm just checking it out right now. On her disc- discography, she has a total of, uh, I guess, mm, what, uh, nine, nine albums, most of which are with her, um, with her husband, Dave O'Higgins, as they record together quite frequently. So this is from their latest album. It's titled uh, His and Hers, is the, is the name of the album. And uh, this particular track is, uh, what's the title of it again? Uh, Los Bandidos Bogarols, which I have no idea what that means. I apologize, but I don't even know if it's Spanish or is it the Portuguese. Probably Spanish, I would assume. If anybody wants to translate that for me, feel free. I know I could put that into a Google Translate, but that's not as much fun as having somebody who likes to listen, one of the listeners, interact with me. And and really what I'm looking for is some interaction. So from their album, His and Hers, this is Judith and Dave O'Higgins with the cut Los Bandidos Bogaroles.
to the list of accomplishments of Ms. O'Higgins is she was also the engineer and producer on that uh, record. Now, she and her husband have worked together for the last decade trying to sort of recreate the uh, recording environment and uh, magnificent soundscapes from the late uh, producer-engineer Rudy Van Gelder. They've pretty much perfected that, and the, the recordings that they issue sound very much like a Rudy Van Gelder production. This, of course, was recorded at their own JVG studio, and uh, I think they've done a magnificent job of capturing the spirit of a Rudy Van Gelder recording. Now, the, the record itself was designed to be exactly that, a record. In Dave Higgins' own words, he explains uh, why they recorded it in that format and the appeal thereof. So I'm going to quote him directly. The appeal of this medium was to present something considered and well-programmed in an elegantly digestible format. Pour yourself a glass of wine and listen to Side A, whilst perusing the large-scale cover art and familiarizing yourself with the tune titles and personnel. Then... Eighteen minutes later, it will be time for a refill, and you'll be lured into hearing what Side B brings. An LP requires careful programming on the part of the artist, in the same way as a good set at a gig. The track order is crucial, and due to the nature of the medium, often listened to in the intended order. The CD format can be the equivalent of the all-you-can-eat buffet, too much in one sitting. In addition, the tactile nature of the 12-inch disc encourages engagement, not ripping in onto a digital device for shuffled play in the background. Well, I can't argue with that. I think that sums it up quite nicely. I mean, my preferred listening format is vinyl. On my elegantly curated sound system, I say curated as it's each individual component has been selected, and it's taken me over 30 years to build up the system that I have. So, once I found something that I was very happy with, that was kind of the end of collecting for me, for my system. Of course, I'm always collecting additional pieces for the DJ gigs. I have uh, more amplifiers than I can ever possibly use, but it's good to have backups, right? You never know if something may just fail in the middle of a show. Of course, that's a completely different thing altogether. As I, as I said, I prefer the vinyl format. It's just my sort of, as, as Dave so eloquently put it, the, the tactile feel. You settle in, you sit down, you study the cover art, you read the liner notes, and you learn. It's a much more involved experience. Now, that being said, there's many advantages to the the digital formats, because they are quite a bit more portable. I mean, certainly I could pick up an album and venture over to a friend's place in non-COVID times, put it down on his turntable or her turntable, whichever the case may be, and enjoy it. However, the trip from point A to point B, well, I'm not going to be able to listen to the vinyl recording now, am I? That's where digital comes in so very handy. I can go out for a long walk on a cold winter's day like today when we're asked to stay home most of the time. I do need to get out and get some exercise and some fresh air, so putting on my uh, wireless headphones, listening to the recording on my phone in the highest possible stream available is, you know, certainly advantageous when one wants to go for a walk and listen to music. Or a podcast such as this. I encourage you to listen to this wherever you feel most comfortable and happy. Again, my preferred method of just listening to jazz is of course vinyl, but when listening to a program such as this, well, it is digital in and of itself. Okay, changing things up just a little bit, I want to play you a composition from the magnificent Ron Miles. Ron, of course, from Denver, Colorado. And uh, this this album, um, well, this was recorded uh, and released in uh, 2018. It was com largely composed in the summer of 2018 when his uh, father had passed away. So it really brings a, a strong emotional resonance to the recordings. 
I guess this, uh, well, I've, I've played a couple of cuts off this record in the past, and I'd not featured this particular composition, but I thought today I would because I think it's just very fitting for a cold winter's day. You tell me. All right, this is the magnificent Ron Miles with Average.
magnificent Ron Miles. Originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, he relocated to Colorado at the age of 11 and has lived there ever since. He is uh, Denver, Colorado's most prominent jazz musician. That, of course, was from the album Rainbow Sign, which was largely written in 2018 while he was caring for his dying father. It was recorded in the summer of 2019, and it was released on the 9th of October, 2020. Absolutely brilliant album from start to finish. I've played a couple of cuts off of it in the past, and there's, there's one more that I do want to feature. I won't, I won't do so today, because the show will be a little bit too long, as it's... Uh, a 16-minute composition. That, of course, what you've just heard is average, which is in the 11 minutes. 11-minute mark comes in very cleanly. Now, the record has been described as, bear with me now as I as I go on, this is a direct quote from a, a quote, um, um, oh, my goodness gracious, a reviewer, a critic, that was the word, it escaped my mind for a minute there, critic uh, and reviewer, uh, Tom Jurek, who gave the uh, album four and a half out of five stars on the All Music Guide, states that the album is a polytonal modal music blend of blues, gospel, post-bop, and pop. Bit of a bit of a mouthful there, but uh, I do understand what he's trying to say. I guess when you listen to jazz as much as I do and as for as many years as I have, I, I start to understand some of the strange wordplay that goes on to describe a recording. Of course, on guitar in that album is the uh, brilliant Brill, uh, Bill Frizzle. I'm blending words together again, as I often do. The magnificent Ron Miles from Denver, Colorado, who, like I said, is, is very prominent on the uh, Colorado jazz scene these days and has been one of their most prominent jazz musicians in that uh, part of the world for a very long time. I think, uh, I think, yeah, that's where I'm going to end the show today, with the brilliant Ron Miles. I love that composition. I hope you liked it as much as I do. So, I hope you've enjoyed our time together today. It's, as I said, a very chilly Sunday here in the nation's capital of Ottawa, Canada. And uh, I'll be doing a lot of projects indoors today. I will go out a little later on as it warms up a little bit, as as one does need some exercise and fresh air during the uh, quarantine times. Okay. Until we meet again, my friends, take care. Enjoy the time that you have on this earth, because we never know when we won't have it anymore. Well, that was a little bit dark, wasn't it? <laughs> I apologize. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye.